Hello, all. I'm Devara Krasniansky from Adayad, and I'm really excited about tonight's topic. We get a lot of questions about red flags and about controlling behaviors, and is this is this a problem? Is it not a problem? And so we brought in tonight from Shalom Task Force, Dr. Shana Friedman, the executive director there, to talk all about red flags and how to notice them in dating and what they are and what's actually potentially the problem if we don't address that. So, Shana, first, could you talk a minute about Shalom Task Force? Great. Thank you so much for inviting me here tonight. We love working with you, Devorah and Adeyad. Um, our, our agencies have a close relationship, um, and I, I feel like together we have great impact. Um, as many of you may know, Shalm Task Force is an agency that's committed to helping the Jewish community combat domestic violence and help people um, foster safe and healthy relationships. And we do that through three core services. We have our hotline chat line, um, which is available for people who have questions about their relationship or are in a relationship that might feel unsafe um, to just figure out what they want to do or just be able to talk to someone. And that's open around 60 or 70 hours a week. Um, it's completely um, confidential. Um, you don't have to share more than you, you're comfortable sharing, but it's available as a resource. And I'd say it's really an international resource because of how our community works. We have a WhatsApp. People, you know, really reach out from all over. Our second service is a legal services program where we have attorneys that are free um, that help people just learn about what the process can be if it makes sense for them to think about leaving a relationship. And they help people through based in and the civil court system. Um, and then our third um our third service, which is what makes me most hopeful, and this is really part of what we're doing here, is education in the community. So we go into schools, bisakos, yeshivas, shoals, any kind of forum um, to talk about healthy relationships and talk about these important topics so people um, can learn more and they know they're not alone um, and just be able to foster um, a better future for all of us. So that's that's an overview um, and everything's on our website and we're, we're fairly easy access, easily accessible that way on shalomtaskforce.org. Okay, so thank you. So I'm really excited to talk to you about this important topic of red flags, dating, what to notice, how to notice. So let's go straight into it. What are we talking about? What are, what are we talking about when we say red flags in dating? Right. Um, I think that we have to like roll it back a little bit and talk a little bit about like what are we looking for in dating, right? Because there's a lot of things that we look for. And and then what are we looking for red flags or positive and negative markers about? Like, what are we trying to get to? So, you know, um, when someone is in the Parsha of dating and looking for their partner and um, to really think about, like, what are the important things that should ground that relationship? Um, and how do we find ways of, of meeting someone who's compatible in that way? And compatibility is a, is a big issue, right? It's someone who could be perfect on paper and may not be a good fit, right? Um, and and someone may not be perfect on the paper, what that means, but could be a good fit. But what are the things that you want to make sure a relationship is grounded in? And some of that's very personal, right? Like that's something that's just kind of very particular to you. But there are some things you we would suggest um, that that should ground relationships, you know, that of respect, that of have safety, feeling secure, feeling that you have the space to express yourselves and have a healthy disagreement, right? So to think about like what what makes sense for, for you to make sure that are like the like on the core values of what you're looking for. And then on top of that, you know, you're looking for hashkafic similarities. You might look for, you know, personality traits that you enjoy and fun and all that other really important stuff. But at the end, if you want to make sure that there are there, there are things that anchor. And then so then when you're dating someone um, and you're looking into people and you're you're trying to meet people, to think about how those things are expressed and 
to be present in that dating process to to see um, if if it, if it's a good fit and if there are things there that you know we call them red flags that are things that we should stop and be curious about to make sure that they they work um, and they work for you and they work um, and they're safe. So um, to really think about um, those those aspects of it and what we're gonna you know we're here for a bit we're gonna talk about what those red flags are and those things but but that, that's really what this is about is being able to be present enough in the dating process um, and to be intentional enough so that you could you notice things and then and what to do with what you notice um, that's that's really kind of the, the background to this. When you talk about safe, can you just describe that a little bit more? What you're talking about that you want that it feels safe. Yeah, I mean, for everybody, it feels a little bit different. But when we talk about safety, we're not only talking about physical safety, right? That you don't feel um, uncomfortable physically with someone, and you might feel like you're 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 like nervous and scared about that person. I mean, I think that in some way is very visceral, and people would recognize that. But you want to make sure you you feel emotionally safe, that you have the space in a relationship to be able to express feelings and in a way that's respectful and a way that's respected. So, you know, that they're, they're, you're allowed to have disagreements and anyone who's been blessed with a relationship will know that you will have disagreements. It's really part of a healthy marriage, but to be able to learn, to be able to express um, any differences um, and feel safe doing so. So you don't, like when we talk about some of the, like a red flag or a, a negative marker is, are you walking around on eggshells, right? Are you afraid to, to say how you feel? Are you afraid to have a difference? Um, and that to me is something to be curious about. And when I say curious, I don't tell people run away, stop engagement, get divorced, whatever. We don't tell people what to do, but it's a time to pause and think about, is this something that feels safe for you? And then get the support you need to think it through. So that's one way we think about safety. It's like, is there is there room for you to have opinions? Is there room for you to express your feelings? Um, and you feel physically safe, that there's something that makes you feel really uncomfortable and to, to not ignore that feeling, um, to not ignore that. Okay, so we described what's, what we're looking for. So in the dating, how can we notice or what should we be looking out for or being very, uh, yeah, let's go, what should we be looking out for? Right, so I always think about it because dating is not about passing a test, right? You don't want to be on a date. Neither anybody doesn't want to be on a date saying, okay, am I doing good enough? Am I passing the test? But in many ways, you're getting to know each other and you're trying to test out if it, if it feels okay and if things are, are okay for you. So some things you're looking for is just like a general sense of, is this person a respectful person? And so the, the red flag side of that is this disrespectful. Is, she, is he or she disrespectful to you, to the people around you, or if you're out to dinner or you're out doing something, is there general respect for other people? Um, do, do they talk about their day and and are disrespectful about the people they work with, the people they're in school with, the people near yeshiva with? Do they do they you know do they own their own behaviors in that? So you're looking at a sense of you know disrespect, you know, or or respect, right? You want someone who 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 has a value of respect. Um, and again, if someone keeps on having a pattern of behavior that is, feels disrespectful, then it's time to say, what, what is that about, right? Because when we're talking about, you know, the continuum here and the calls that we get when there's domestic violence in the relationship, you're talking about a pattern of behaviors that's, um, you know, has power and control over another. We didn't really define that yet, but, you know, this idea that, that someone has power and control of the other person, and we're not only talking about physical power and control We're talking about a whole host of different forms and in that is emotional abuse and verbal abuse um, financial abuse ways that person could have power and control 
And so we're looking at the pattern here. So if you're seeing a pattern of disrespectful behavior, if you're seeing a pattern of, of behaviors that just don't seem honest, right? Where stories just don't make sense. Like nothing's really adding up. Again, I would say like, be curious about that. Like, what is that about? Like, why isn't it, why isn't it making sense? Um, you know, what, what is going on? How do they talk about themselves? How do they talk about what they're doing during the day? How do they talk about people they have in their lives? Um, are they um, ever, ever feeling accountable um, for things that went wrong? Right? Because we all make mistakes. So if something's going wrong, are they ever accountable for it? Can they, can they have any insight about their own behavior? Or is there, are they always the victim? Is everybody always their, someone else's fault? Because that's, that to me is something that feels, it should feel uncomfortable. They're always, always right. And they're always, um, they're always the victim of others. Um, so those are some ideas to think about. Um, I, you know, I always have my list. I don't know that that's helpful, but we can, you know, with other things we talked about, you know, as someone who's, who's critical of always other people, you know, um, always, always knows better, you know, and, you know, then we talk about things like anger, which is an interesting thing, right? Because um, most of us have been angry in our lives. Like we have, we've been angry in our lives. So again, is it a pattern? Um, do they recognize that they, have, they may be angry at times? Are, you know, what, what does it feel like to you? What does it feel that anger feel like? Um, and ultimately, is there, is there control? Is there, um, you know, is, is there a way that they're trying to control the person they're dating? Um, are they being possessive? Um, so that's kind of like a framework that we look like at, at Red Flag, some of those ideas of, of dishonesty and criticalness, um, walking on eggshells, you know, really kind of thinking about that way. Um, and then ultimately, is there a possessiveness or jealousy or control that's going on it doesn't, it doesn't sit right. And then what, what do you do with that? I love how you said it's not only how you feel, it's also how they talk about other people. Yes. That's a very big indicator because they may treat, they may talk nicely to you, but you can really find more about somebody from how they talk about other people. Right. They and, you know, know, they're going to talk to the waiter in a way that's, if they're going to talk to the waiter or someone else in a way that's really disrespectful, I, I would assume they'll eventually be disrespectful to people in their lives. Like, People, you know, if they, they, they don't respect someone, they're, they're not respectful, um, you know, and I'm not saying that they're abusive, right? We're not jumping there. But is that is that something that that's comfortable to you to be around um, someone, you know, who treats other people in that way? Right. So we're not even talking about control and abuse and power and all right. of that, but I do want to define that. But right now we're just talking about does it feel right to you? And it's right. not, only, not only about how they treat you, it's really tune into how they're talking to other people, yeah. about other and, how they're, and how they're interacting in the world. And, and that's why it's important to be really present and listen, right? And not make up a narrative in your head. Oh, it must need this, it must need this. Ask questions, ask open-ended questions, learn about each other's days, you know, find out. And there's the part that you're looking to make sure things feel good. It's also make sure that it's compatible to you. If, if that person has completely, you know, has nothing in common with you, it can work for some people, but like you need to make sure this works for you. But like at the same time, if something, if, if there's themes that keep on coming up that everybody at work is mean to them and they're always, they're, you know, like there's something to say, like what, what's going on? Like, like, how is that? How is that? And like, what, what does that really mean? Um, so it's really to pay attention, um, particularly in communities and everybody dates differently, even in the same community, people date differently. Like we know that, right? There are people who date for a short period of time, people pay a long period of time, you know, and, and I'm not going to, you know, tell people what to do, but to give yourself enough time um, that it, it makes sense for you. Um, and in that time you're together to be present, um, not to be at the next stage, to be where you are and, and pay attention. And then uh, attend to it. You know, if something 
gives you, we talk a lot about uh-oh feeling. Now, not everybody has an uh-oh feeling, you know, like not everybody has, you know, maybe they, they've been exposed to a lot of other, you know, chaos. So they may not have the same uh-oh feeling, but if something just doesn't sit right, don't ignore it. Like, don't ignore it. I explore it, you know, and in a relationship that feels safe, you should be able to find a healthy, respectful, kind way to say, oh, I'm curious about, or I'm wondering about, or you mentioned this, uh, you know, I want to know more about, or I'm concerned that you said, and if you can't say that, um, you should learn to, because when you're dating to get married, you're an adult, you need to, you need to be able to learn to do that, and it's hard to learn that, but at the same time, if you can't do it because you're afraid to say it, then that's also, like, a red flag, right, you don't, you don't want to not be comfortable saying it. I also want to flip it, if you see yourself yeah. being a big blamer, yeah. Uh, maybe something to work on. If you see that you everyone is everyone is out to get you, or that's how you end up seeing the world, then not saying that you're controlling, you know, not saying anything, right. but but it's something. You know, it's interesting because we do a ton of lectures and workshops with teens, and we've had kids come over to us and say, and they're so smart. They're like, oh, I see myself doing this with my friends, right? They're so smart, and and we're like, whoa, you know. And so we added some slides about like, what do you do if you see yourself? And you know. Our, you know, my gut feeling around that is if you see yourself in these behaviors, like maybe pause dating for a little bit and get some help because you don't, you don't want to repeat those behaviors. You want to be in a healthy relationship where you could care for someone. And if things, if things are, are not going well for you, explore it. And th there's room for change and growth. You know, you can't expect someone else to grow, but you could, you could help yourself grow. Um, and it's worth the investment in yourself um, as well. And for your future family. Yeah, and your future marriage and your future, your family's God willing. And, and yes, it's, it's, it's worth it. And, and even work, your work, your colleagues and yes. whatever it is. To be able to interact. So I think that's super important. So let's talk a little bit about what power of control means sure. and how you might notice it. So you've mentioned some things, but let's go back to define what that means. So, you know, I'm from Shalom Task Force. So, you know, we're known for working in domestic violence work. So domestic violence is defined by a pattern of behaviors that one person has of the other person that asserts and obtains and maintains power and control um, through a whole pattern of behaviors that um, instill a level of fear, right? So you're looking for these, these three things. And we were looking at one of our slides. It's a pattern, power, control, and fear. So, you know, we're not talking about um, a one-time fight where people are just, you know, upset with each other and probably goes back and forth. That's not, that's just life, right? That's might not be nice. It might be hard, but, you know, people have fights. We're talking about um, a dynamic within a relationship and we see it both ways. Um, certainly we have more women um, report being victims of domestic violence. Certainly that's what we, we see generally and nationally, but there are certainly men who are um, victims as well of a relationship abuse, but you know, it's it's really the experience of being controlled by other partner. Now it never, I have never seen this, I can't say never. In my experience of probably counseling hundreds of women from our community and some men, uh, I've never seen it go from a first date to a physical incident. Like that's just somehow it looks like, right? Like I think anyone who is be physically assaulted on a first or second date, like they're not gonna see that person again. There's no relationship yet, right? So it's usually kind of a small, like you know, gradual build into more abusive, and we say abusive, controlling behaviors. So it may be in the beginning, someone who's very charming and who who doesn't come appear is that, but then may have some of these disrespectful um, 
markers outside, but you may not see it. And that's the reality. But then these other behaviors will creep in where there's, you know, uh, a possessiveness or isolation from your family or friends where they'll say your family's not good enough, your friends aren't good enough. And all of a sudden your world gets smaller and smaller. And it might feel like doting for a little while, but you don't have any like personal space or personal life because it's all about him or her. Right. So there's the, like the possessiveness uh, um, or jealousy. And we see a, that's probably one of the things we see a lot um, in our from community because we're not together as much before we're married, right? You know, we're typically not living together. You have limited contact. So, so what are ways that someone can assert control? So, you know, you know, I've worked with people who this is a white way ago, but like, you know, we're making another person wear beepers and they have to respond within two minutes. So almost on a leash, right? There's like this control. And some people are like, oh, that's so sweet. Cheer, he really wants to know where you are, but it's really not, right? Like if I, so the question is what happens if you don't call back in time or you don't answer the text right away? Does that make someone angry? Um, is it is it like, do, are you afraid to say, I need some space? I'm busy. I'm busy writing a paper for school. Like, can I? I'm, I'll talk to you in an hour. Do you have that um, space and safety to to have personal boundaries? So those are the kind of things that you'll see in dating and engagement, right? You'll see anger. I said before, like dishonesty, like things just don't add up, and you're kind of like, mm, I'm not really sure what that, why that makes sense, but you're afraid or you don't know how to ask the question, and people aren't really telling you. Um, and I think a lot about um, just this idea of having voice, right? Like, are you allowed to express your feelings? Now, you know, some colleagues like, oh, it's always good to have a good fight before you get engaged, like to have a real, you know, I don't think you should stage a fight. Like, I think that's not how we should function. Um, but I do think that if you're getting to know someone well enough, you're going to find things that you don't agree on or don't see them the same exact way because we are two independent people. Even if you're from similar backgrounds, and have similar temperaments, you're not gonna be the same, like you're not the same. And when you come to a, a place and you should get to know each other enough, right? Um, that you don't agree on something, how can you manage that? Now, we don't all have to manage it perfectly. It's hard to have a good fight, right? It's hard, but can you have a conversation? Do you feel safe enough? Do you know how to talk about this? Now, some of it may be that you don't know how to, but that's something to explore, right? Is it that I don't know how to say it or am I afraid to say it? Like where, what is going on there? And and I would say that those are important things um, to think about before you make a commitment is can, can what happens if it doesn't go our way, his way, my way? Like if, if you know, there's no seat at the restaurant or we get lost, you're driving somewhere. Like think about things that are natural in our lives, right? Which will happen to you a hundred thousand times, God willing, and your long marriage, right? Where things just don't go your way. Um, what is the reaction, right? And how does it make you feel? Okay, so some of our dating is rather short, and yes, there isn't yeah. that, well, whatever beeper became like a cell phone, like uh, when I call right. you or when I text you, and some people don't even text or don't right. even share phone numbers, so they don't have that experience. So what else can we be looking out for? Because there's less time, shorter dating. Right. Great. So I'm not going to be here to tell people to date longer, but I don't think people should commit until they're ready. And I think they should explore why they're not ready. Is it a regular sense of nervousness? Listen, it's a huge life change or does something not feel right? And I hope, you know, we, we, we discussed it before. I think two more weeks of dating is worth it. The worst case outcome is that it's you. It's either you get engaged in a place of much more minuchas and nefesh, or it's not the right relationship with the two of you. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you know, some communities say it's three dates, five dates, 10 dates, you get three months. I mean, I, we work with so many different communities. So everybody has their own culture around that. 
but we, we do need to find ways even in short dating periods to be intentional around conversation, to be intentional about really being present in a moment and not getting like, oh, it's really fun. Like, let's let's have real conversations about things. Um, and I would not tell you to fabricate a fight, but I would say bring up conversations that are important. If you have an opinion, if you want to share some sort of part, part about you about an aspiration or something you're working on, right? Notice the rea reaction to it. You know, notice, is there an investment? Is you having your own ideas? Um, you're allowed to have your own ideas. It's relationships are healthier when people have some level of independent life and personal space, um, when there isn't, you know, only the together. They are healthier when they have a little bit of difference. It keeps things interesting to people. Um, so I would, you know, to really think it through. Now, I can't tell you on date one, discuss this, date two by four, you're already, in, nobody can tell you that. But to really, you know, a lot of it is just being very intentional and taking it seriously but having fun. But, you know, it's, it's serious. It's serious and to notice things and to have someone in your life to talk about it. And I can't tell you who that person's supposed to be. Listen, I'm a mental health professional. Um, so my bias is to, to talk to therapists or mental health professionals, um, you know, but I, I, there are other people who are really smart and wise in the world um, who could help you, but you need to make sure that they're smart and wise, you know, and they're not too, a no gay and so, right, like you don't want someone who so, so wants to see you get engaged that they're not hearing, they're not hearing you. Um, and if you're, you're expressing, oh, I have this hesitation, they're like, oh, don't worry, it's going to go away. Nobody can tell you that. And you're the one who has to have to deal with it later. Um, so, so take that seriously, who you're talking to and who's helping you. So I think that if we, you do have a culture of shorter dating, then your yes. dating has to even be more pointed yeah. and have those, un, have those difficult conversations or uncomfortable conversations. Don't skip them because the dating is so short. Right. You'll just have to do it sooner or you know, just get into it faster, but not skip it because we only have four dates or we only have right. six dates or we only have three weeks. So I, I want him to like me or I want her to like me. So I'm not going to bring it up. So let's get these, you know, Right. you're shooting yourself it's by doing right. that and in the long term you, you want someone who's going to respect you and, and you could and you could grow with um and and you need to you need to make sure that there's a stage for that um you know and as much as you can now it's not a, it's not foolproof you know people date for years and still get into very very um you know unsafe relationships and we know that right so there's no perfect there's no perfect way of doing this, to, but to, to create as best you can, right? That's all we can do, as best we can. The intention, um, the, the being present around it and being aware um, and bring your best self to it, you know, get the support you need around that. And if that means you need to, to manage some of your own stuff before or during, during, give yourself that. Okay, so this question came in. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to be able to uh, uh, know about this kind of behaviors or this kind of patterns from, re from reference or from research. Right. So that, references are always funny, you know. Um, when I hire people, I have to call references, but they're people they want me to call, right? So I always take it with a grain of salt, right? So it's the same way with Shidduchim, right? If you're given references, you're, I think we could easily assume they're people who are going to speak positively to that person, right? I mean, that's just that's just how it works. And and so I would I would stick to asking open-ended questions, you know, like uh, you know, have, how have you seen that person deal with disappointment? Right. A question like that, you know, if the person really knows them, might be able to respond. They may not be able to respond. Right. Or, you know, um, if, you know, those kind of, you know, how, how is it, how do you see this person as being responsible? Can you talk more about them? 
in that way? Have you ever seen this person be angry? How did how did that play out? You know, and to really to really go into the values that you're looking for, right? Beyond the you know the kind of checklist things. The other thing is our communities are are fairly small, and if it's important to you, um, and references only go so far, is to find maybe people they haven't recommended, but you know, right? Our communities are not that big, so you know, there's always that other person that you both know. I mean, at least I think there almost always is. So you know, to to ask someone that they probably they didn't put on their list now. I don't know how that plays out completely, but I think I, I would recommend that because you're going to have people who are, the references that they're going to give you are the people they're going to most typically get very positive and not, not a lot of insight. But at the same time, if you're asking these questions, um, I don't know that anybody's going to say you actually, this person's an abusive, um, disrespectful person who like screams and yells. Like, it's almost a blessing if someone said that to you, but I, I don't know that someone would say that. But if someone's saying things that make you feel like, uh-oh, that doesn't feel so great. So again, notice that. Right, like, like file it away, and if you're then seeing patterns of behavior that kind of make you think, oh, maybe that's what they're talking about, then figure out what you want to do with that information. And again, I am not telling you, and nor would Devorah or any, I don't, I'm not going to tell people what to do. Right, I'm not telling you you have to to go forward, not go forward. That's that that's something the person has to own, right? But I would say pause, be curious, and and really explore it to make sure it feels as good as fit as you can make it fit. You know, and and. If it isn't, it isn't, um, you know. Is so that what about that advice? Know? Yeah, I think that yeah. was helpful. What about that advice? You can tell about their personality by the way they drive. Where's everybody coming? I, I don't know who, who's here. If you're in New York, I don't know if that's true. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's a very um, narrow way of thinking about things. I think if if you're, you know, trying to get through Manhattan and the person's a little bit assertive and they're driving, um, I don't know that that's saying that person is controlling and angry. That my person just an assertive driver. Now, if you would say to the person, hey, listen, like I get really nauseous when someone drives that way, do you mind slowing down? And the person's like, no, I want to drive this way. I would say, mm, that's, that's pretty disrespectful. That's not really considerate. Like, what is that about? Right? So those are two different things, right? Like, I, I, I you know, if, if, the person's driving on a on a long highway and doing it in a way that makes you feel scared, right? Um, that's very different than trying to get through Brooklyn. Um, now, you know, and and I think you have to see how it fits, right? How does it settle on you? Is it is it cursing at other people or is it a little bit of you know trying to get through? I mean, I don't I don't know how particularly you want to get, but like it again, go it always comes down to this idea of like looking at the pattern and how does it settle, right? Like. Like we don't we don't need to define everything as abusive or controlling, but we want to see how it all fits together as a large as a larger picture. Um, and so, um, but if if you would say to someone, you know, I get really nauseous when someone drives this way, and the person continues to drive in a way that makes you feel sick, um, like to me, that's kind of and that kind of that is um, inconsiderate, especially during right. dating when they're right? supposed to be more oh, yes. considerate. Right, it's, it's, it's in, that's what they're doing during dating. You're kind of like, how's that gonna play out, right? Um, so, but those are the kind of things you wanna look at, right? You don't wanna, you don't wanna make them to bigger deals than they are, but, but if something feels off about a behavior like that, then you wanna look, is it part of a larger pattern? And if it's part of a larger pattern, you have to make a decision about what you want to do about that. Is it someone you wanna continue getting to know more? Or is it someone you don't wanna continue to get to know more? Um, and it's also not making an inference just be, just because someone drives like that that means that they will 
So either be curious, have bring it up in a conversation and see yeah. how they respond. Yeah. Because maybe that's how they grew up. Or right, right. she her parents drove and, that and, way. And it doesn't even Right. I mean, if, they, if you say, I really don't like how, you know, the driving really makes me feel sick or it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me feel like I'm not comfortable with it. And they say, oh, too bad. That's one thing. They say, oh, I didn't realize that. And the next time they drive more slowly, then okay. You know, and they continue to drive more slowly, then okay. You know, so I think, I, I, you know, it's, it's a small example. Um, and I want it to be a diagnostic example. So I don't want anybody getting off here and saying, oh, I just dated someone who just drove fast. Them. No, you're looking at the larger pattern. Like, what is that? What is that expressing? Right. What is that expressing? And how, how does it play out? Um, and if you can't, if you do object and if you do express something, what is that? How does it play out for you? Um, and then you have the right. I mean, this is not red flag. You have the right to not like someone's behavior and choose not to get to know them better because of it. You do, you know, that is what dating is, you know, um, you have you need to want to be with that person um so and you're and you're allowed to you're allowed to say that you know you're allowed to um not want to be with someone totally okay let's talk a little bit about yeah. personality disorders yeah so there's a lot of personality disorders <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so people often say, oh, it's narcissism abuse, and if someone is borderline, what's that like to live with? And, you know, there's all these things. And I, I don't know that going through the diagnostic um, criteria for each type of um, personality disorder is helpful. Personality disorders can be very difficult to live with. And again, it's something that you have to look at and be very real with yourself and real with how it's coming out to see if it's something you want to live with because personality disorders are very hard to change. Now that's another conversation about mental health issues and that's not our topic today, but in some way, some mental health issues are much easier um, to live with um, because they're treatable. Um, they're, we know there's good treatment for it. There's maintenance of those mental health issues. And if someone has personal insight, takes a lot of responsibility, they, they really can live very full lives and be wonderful partners. Um, with depression, with anxiety, you know, like, you know, that that's the reality, right? Like if, if you're, if you are able to own it and you're able to take responsibility for, for mental health issues, very often people are able to be wonderful partners. Narcissism, borderline, you know, narcissism is probably the hardest, um, I would say, um, but, you know, you, you really need to iron out to see, because even if it's not abusive by the textbook definitions, I don't know that it really matters. Um, if it doesn't feel good to be with, then you may not want to be with that person, <laughs> you know? And I don't know that you have to say no because the person's abusive. You're allowed to not want to continue something because it's not a good fit. Um, you know, you're looking for good fits for you. Um, and so, um, you know, and, and those are, those are tough. Those are, those are, they're tough places to be. Um, and if someone themselves see themselves have those tendencies, I'd, I'd say that they should really invest in themselves to, to be able to manage relationships differently and have insight around that um, so that they could have um, healthy, meaningful, mutually meaningful relationships with people and have a family in a way that's healthy and safe for everybody. Um, so what might narcissism look like? I mean, they're usually very charming. Right, they're charming. Charismatic. Right. But just because someone is just because someone is charming, charismatic doesn't mean they're the narcissistic. So I just no, it doesn't. There are a lot of charming, charismatic people who are not. Um, we, we know a lot of them. Um, you know, um, all about them. Very little insight. Very little responsibility towards other people. I mean, a lot of it does look like abuse. Um, so I don't. I don't know that it's particularly helpful to 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 diagnose it. But if the the patterns. Um, 
There's somebody just wrote this and they're right. Um, narcissists often start with um, love bombing. There's like an intensity um, because it's, a, honestly, it's about them and what they want. And if it, if I really like you, I like you, you know, I, you know, and that could feel really, really good. Um, at the same time, it needs to feel good to both people. It needs to be able to be sustained. Um, so, you know, you really, you, again, you want to look and see what it feels like to you, if there's patterns around that. Um, and if it's something that, that you could live with and not create some sort of other narrative. And I think that a lot of times there is a lot of pressure around dating, a lot of pressure around dating, getting married. Um, I think we have to acknowledge that dynamic, um, a lot of fear about not finding someone. And, and so if something feels good or good enough, we try to make it fit. And sometimes that makes sense, right? It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and we want to be open, um, but we want, don't want to be open in a way that puts our, our personal um, safety or our respect on the line. Um, Use the word love bomb. Can you just describe that a little bit more for those who don't know what that the, is? The person who wrote that is the word love bomb. I would say it's more like the um, intensity, like I, I like you, I love you, you're perfect. Like, and it becomes almost like this, this um, level of enmeshment. Um, and it's very intense. Like, I love you fast. Um, and, and we see sometimes that in abusive relationships, I'll say. Like, in the beginning, it can feel very overwhelmingly, like, romantic, um, even in our very firm communities. Like, there's gestures, and there's, like, this extreme to it, um, which could be very nice. And I'm not saying that that can't work. I'm saying we have to look at it, right, and, and see where, is it sustained? Um, is there room for real conversation and real relationship building? Um, and and to, to really explore that. Um, but ultimately, when you're dating, I don't know that it matters what it is. If it's not a good fit <laughs> and it doesn't feel safe to you and you don't have a voice and you don't feel safe and you don't feel respected, and you really need to explore if it makes sense to move forward. Um, it doesn't yeah. have to be uh, control issues. If it doesn't feel right to you, we don't have to define what it is. If it really just feels really off. It you. feels off, right. Then, and, and if you're finding yourself that everything feels off, so maybe you need to take a pause and figure out if there, you know, if you need to look at dating differently. I, you know, but, but you, you just need, you need to, to know that it's a, you know, and we know it in theory that it's, it's, it is a life commitment. Um, but we need to, to make sure that things that you see, um, that you don't ignore. We don't, we don't want to ignore things. Um, Similarly, someone once mentioned that if he, if he, she spends a very, a lot of money on the date, that that's a red flag. What are your thoughts to that? Like $500. I mean, I had never even right? thought about that. Let me try to think about it right here. I've never, I never thought about it. Um, I'm not sure what he's trying to communicate, you know, so I really don't know. And there's so many different, like. I mean, like, what does that mean? Is the person exceptionally wealthy and it's no big deal to have a $500 dinner? Or is it like an extreme stretch for them and this is their gesture and they're trying to impress them? I I don't know what that really... Not to read I, into I, it. I, I'm trying to wonder what it, what it communicates. Like for some people, that's not a big deal. You know, there are people that, that really, you know, they, they're very wealthy and like eating very fancy meals is, um, you know, and eating the dinners like that is just part of what they like doing. Um if that's not comfortable for you and it's not part of a culture you want to be involved in and you're not part of that that world and you don't want to enter that world then that's something to look at but at the same time you know are they doing it to impress you and it's at, at you know almost like not a responsible thing to do it's also something to look for but i don't i don't know that the, those kind of things are helpful in um okay. snapshot i think there's a it's a larger picture um i'm not sure i'm not sure about that i have never thought about it <laughs>
what I'm trying to point out is that if there are these, if they do this, then it must mean that. And it really isn't always like, like that. Like we said with the, dri with the driving, yeah. or now we're here with the spending a lot of money. It doesn't necessarily mean anything, but going back to you, I think your first word was curious, always be yeah. curious. I always use that word because I think that like, it's really important to take that stance. In life, I think it's important to take that stance. It makes life much more interesting, but in the sense of like, we don't know what things mean, but don't ignore it until you figure it out. You know, if you're interested in this relationship, then you, then why is he or she spending $500 on a date? Like, why, why is that? Like, you know, and it may be that it's uh, a gesture to, to, to show they care. Okay, that's very sweet. Now, if it's happening every night, then that's another, like, wh why is that happening? Why is that necessary? Like, but to really just take a stance of like, okay, what's going on? And then not to ignore you know, so we can't, you know, are there things that automatically think that they're abusive? I don't know if someone physically hurts someone, I would say like, I, I wouldn't read much into it. I'd say this is not a person you want to be around. The person pushes a personal boundary in a way that's really um, aggressive. Um, to me, I would think, I, I wouldn't be curious for too long. I would say, I, I don't know, you know, um, what that's about. There are certain things, but even if someone expresses like annoyance at something, is it because they had a hard day and they're able to own that they shouldn't have been so snappy? Or are they always annoyed at people? Um, and those, those are, are different things, but don't ignore it. You know, f figure out what's going on and if it's a good fit for you. Um, so there are, I, I can't think of that many things that automatically say this, but, you know, crossing personal boundaries, physically aggressive, being physically aggressive, um, you know, some level of, dis I mean, disrespect, I mean, and how that plays out. But, I, you know, again, like, be in a place of learning about each other um, and looking at the larger picture. And, and ask the questions. Like, ask feel the question. if you can feel comfortable enough to ask the questions. And I know that some people don't want to ruin the possibility of the shit up, so they don't want to bring certain things up. But I think that it's really not to their benefit to, right. to get themselves When's it going to come up? Right. And then, and then it will come up, right? It's, it's going, it's, it's going to come up. Um, not now then. Now I'll say that um, it's hard to know how to have these conversations. Like, it's not natural for any of us. I don't think, I mean, to like stop in the middle of a thing and say, I'm curious about, or I'm wondering about that, you know, and, or, you know, you said this last time and I've been reflecting on, I mean, that's not something that we, any of us do naturally. And I'd say that's where it's important to get either a good therapist or a good mashpia or, or someone in your life who's wise. Um, and, you know, in my world, we role play, right? We call it that, right? We actually like, well, well, I will work with clients to, to help them learn the words to do that because we, we don't know how, it's not natural for us to do that. And that's okay. It's okay that we don't know how to do that perfectly, but to, to learn some skills. Um, and those are relationship skills and those skills will serve you through your life. So, so how do you, how do you do that? I think um, dating is also an opportunity to experience the other person in having some sort of difficult conversation. I almost feel like if you if you haven't had a difficult conversation, then how do you know that you could have a difficult right. conversation? How do you know that you could have this conflict, uh, difference of opinion, difference of schedule, something so that you can actually work something out together. Kind of yeah. feel how you, whoever you're married to, you'll have to be making lots of decisions together. Yeah. Difference of perspective, difference of opinions. So get a little feel for how yeah, to right. work with this person. Right. And I mean, and, you know, you know, we're talking right now to a group, an audience that's, I imagine most of you are, are dating right now. But when we talk to teens, we even talk about like 
learning to do this in your, in your, in your friendships, right? Like when you, and, and think back to your life, your closer friends, like, like you're able to, and you want to be able to have some level of conflict and resolution um, in a way that's positive and, and helpful. And you usually become closer when you're able to do that, right? When you could, and, and practice it, you know, not like intentionally, I'm going to have a fight with you right now, or one of your friends, or I'm going to disagree with you. But if someone's sharing something and you have a different opinion, what is it like for you just to share a different opinion? And, and can you say in a way that other people could hear it, um, but you're still having a voice? Because that's, it's just really important um, to be able to have a voice in relationship. Um, and that's what we see. When we see on the other end and the other spec, the other side, you know, we work with people who are, are in marriages that are, are controlling and abusive. Um, what they really talk about is, you know, one client who called it screaming in silence. Um, and to me, that was like, so like poignant right like screaming in silence of like she's like I just no I couldn't even say it I, nobody would listen to me I, I couldn't even tell couldn't even say out loud what was going on I could never express my experience my feelings I could never express my opinion and was completely controlled in all in all ways you know from the physical to the verbal to the sexual to the financial the whole you know she really had a, a very abusive situation but it was it felt like she was screaming in silence she had no voice um, and I, I, I think it's important and it's important, you know, as we raise our children to them to learn how to have voices in a respectful, appropriate way to have opinions, um, to have, you know, and to know that they're entitled to have, you know, preferences and things in life. They're allowed to want things and like things and not like things um, because it's, it's, it, you know, it's part of connecting and it's part of connecting healthfully. So in, in bringing something up that's difficult, either you yeah. come closer because you, in, with that curiosity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they express why they felt that way or something about it or or you'll discover that it's not for you, but not bringing it up and kind of hoping it's not there doesn't work. No, it doesn't it help for 50, it 70 years. It just no, no, it doesn't right. go away for 50 or 70 years. And that's what we want, right? We want we want to be in the 50, 70 year marriages. So, no, it doesn't go away. And and you need to. And, and yes. And there are times when you have fights. Or disagreements that you don't feel closer but you, you move through them anyway but you know when you're dating someone um if if you if you can have any respectful way of of having a disagreement or sharing your opinion then you really need to think twice if it's somebody you want us to keep on building something with um you know and some it might become from immaturity you know you know we could be immature um but then we have to work on ourselves to learn to do it better you know that's what we keep on doing and so what I also like is when people have the situation that they planned this date and then it didn't work out and they get all flustered and like, you can actually get to see each other yeah. better. How, how we deal, so, okay, so that place is closed where there's no seats left in the restaurant. Right. Now let's figure something out together. It's like, wow, now we right. can get to actually- We can plan, and you can even do a date like that. Plan a date together. Like plan a date together. That doesn't have to, you know, like how do you talk about what you enjoy doing? It's fairly low you know, stakes. It's not like, you know, you're not, you're not buying your house. You're not, you're not, it's not your children's education decisions. There are a lot of decisions to come, God willing. Right. So like, how do you plan something together? How do you have a conversation about something, some decision together? Um, and that will inform how you're able to work together. Um, and you could grow in that, but if you, if you feel that's where you're looking for some of those red flags, if you feel disrespectful, respected, disregard, you know, disregarded, um, that your boundaries aren't being respected, you, you aren't allowed to express it or embarrassed to express it, then you, you really need to think more about if it makes sense. But not even that, I, separate from that, which I, I know we started talking about red flags, but the idea of having those kinds of conversations 
just to see that you can have these kind of conversations, that your styles jive, like it's not even let's say a red a major right. red flag of disrespect, but that you could have these conversations because very soon after marriage starts, you will have differences of opinions. Very fast. Right. And Never so that's important. I mean, and, and right, it's not only for red flags, but it's also see are you able to do that? And like, can you laugh about it if you can't at times? And are you able to are you able to find some place of connection? around um, around those around those experiences together um and i know that some people like to have the shotgun to have the difficult conversations mm -hmm. or to pass the difficult information and i think that's a missed opportunity yeah. i know this i know we try to make it as emotionally safe as possible so we don't want anyone to get hurt by hurt feeling but we're also taking away the opportunity to have those yes. conversations even sometimes right. as something as simple as scheduling the next date sometimes the shotgun take that role and i think that's interesting for them to see how they can work out something as simple as a Tuesday doesn't work for me. Oh, so we're just Thursday afternoon. Uh, not, right. not like go through side that I think it saves the shotgun's time. Right. But so I'm not in a role to dictate how communities should manage Shadokim. Like I don't want to impose my thoughts about that. But I do when you say that it really resonates with me because you know, you know, we might use the words of girls and boys, um, but really they're women and men. People who are getting married are women and men. We're adults. You know, if you're getting entering a marriage, you're an adult. Um, and you know, to be able to schedule something together or express to each other how you're feeling about a relationship, maybe not after the first or second date, whatever your number is. And again, that's really very community specific and I don't want to impose on that, but if you can't express how you're feeling about someone or what, what you're struggling with at all, or even making like, when's, when's our next date? And then how is that going to jump into a commitment of a marriage? And that's a really big jump and how are you going to really see how that could work? So I, you know, when you say that, I, I tend to agree how you're expressing it. Like it is, it feels like a missed opportunity to me as well, um, where, where we could grow, grow through that. And if you don't, and if this isn't the right one, then you've learned these skills for when you do meet the right person. Um, and it's, we're, we're part of each other's journey in that way. Someone once expressed to me that when she was talking to the shot and the shot and kept cleaning it up, cleaning up right. the person's expression. And so not bringing out the real, the person's expression, they're maybe bringing out the end results, right. but they're not bringing out how they got the process of how upset he was before right. until the shot calmed him down. And the, it was a missed opportunity for him yeah. to see actually how. And so and like, it's a missed opportunity for connection, even, right? It's a missed opportunity to like see what's going on, but it's also a missed opportunity for, opportunity for connection because it's in those moments that we grow with someone, right? It's not the it's not always the end game, it's the process, right? And that's what life is going to look like, right? That's what marriage is. It's not the it's not the final product. It's every every step of the way. Um, even those really difficult and hard steps of the way. So um yeah it does feel like a missed opportunity so if you find those opportunities within whatever your community i'm not you know i don't want to you know dictate but i would say if there are opportunities within what what, what can happen to, to take them to take those opportunities um with each other so i think that the idea of let's plan the next date together because yeah. we both agreed through the shotgun not through the shotgun that we'll have this next date but now can we plan the date or right. we'll just come in with like okay so where do we want to go which is typical in your marriage x amount of years and you say okay let's Finally, we'll have a date uh, date night. <laughs> and then where we're going. going. <laughs> and so we can do that. We can do that even earlier, especially when you don't. He she doesn't know the other one's preferences. So now right. can you can learn about them. And it also has a way of expressing what your what your schedule even looks like, right? Like if you're in school and the person's like, I want to go Tuesday night, and you have a big exam on Wednesday, to be able to say, you know, I have this really big exam on Wednesday, I need to study. And the other person say, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Or no, can't you study another time? And that's something to look at, right? Are they respectful of a goal of yours? Like those those are the places we're able to have like real 
tochen, right? There's real content there um, of, of like what's going on. How do they process the world? How, does, how, how what, What's going on in their lives? Um, and it gives insight into each other. And then there's room for greater connection, um, which is what we hope for, right? We, want, we are hoping for greater and healthier connection for people. So I know typical dates are sitting in a lounge uh, talking. Right. You like you can, and I think there's a lot to be said about yeah. sharing of information. I think that's great. Is there any other ways to actually get to experience someone? Like if they were to go someplace and what might a someplace be? That's what I'm asking you. I mean, this is all very community specific, right? So everybody has their, right? So some people eat out, some people don't. You know, some people are comfortable spending a Shabbos together before they engage. A lot of people do not feel comfortable with that. So, you know, some people are comfortable introducing people to friends. Um, a lot of people are not. It really is like, it's it's so community specific, but how can you get to know the person? Do people play games together? You you created a great game. Um, yeah. This card, this card, um, do I actually yeah. have it right over there? Um, I, I don't have mine next to me, but it's oh, called okay. it's called Convos, which is actually conversation starters. Yes. conversation starters, and it's really get some really good conversation starters. Yeah, get some really good conversations. I, I I've used it. I think it's it's great. You know, like like how do you do that? And then you know, it really also matters. I mean, listen, I don't. And people have different boundaries and sensitivities. But can you do something you enjoy together? Do you enjoy going to parks? Like, can you do something like that? Are there museums? Like, you know, it's a little bit more than a lounge. You can notice things about each other. You're seeing people interact with people other than the person who brings over the Diet Coke. I mean, that's what it was in my day. You know, like, you don't really get to know someone if they're bringing over Diet Coke and you see no one else but each other for three hours. But if, you know, you're walking through a museum and you're interacting with other people and you're you're noticing things together and you're learning about each other, it's like, oh, I really do like modern art, right? I really... I. This or this makes no sense to me, and why is that considered art, right? That's an interesting conversation. You're you know getting to know each other. It's also fun, and you should Barnes have and fun. Nobles. Barnes and Nobles, like pick, come over with your free, you know your favorite three books, and like or you know something that you know. you want to stand about. in front of travel, right. <laughs> art, right? And like you know, it, it gives it a little bit more. You know, uh, again, there's no foolproof way, but how can you try to simulate some sort of more like what is real? Like, how do I enter? How do you deal with the cash, the person in the cash register? And, and how do you deal with the parking situation? And if you're on and off the subway, you know, for us New Yorkers here, you know, what is that like? And, you know, how do you deal with, you know, the people on the subway? Like, how, how, what is going on there? And, you know, and not to then diagnostically say anything, but then take it in. It's part of a larger picture um, as you get to know the person and hopefully get to like the person. Or if it's not the right person, to get to know that too. Um, and even though something for, I think that every couple is somewhat individual. So if you feel really feel that you would like to get him, him, her to see somebody else, like to see in your family, not necessarily a whole Shabbos, but maybe Matzah Shabbos, not even for that long. It's very specific. If you feel there's a real need, even if it's not necessarily community, the 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 you know, what's generally happening in the community, if you really feel there's a need for it, then see how you can work it out. Right. If you really want to, but it's something that, really and there's some, there's, there is some value, a lot of value, but let's say some value in getting, uh, seeing how they interact with people and so, uh, having other people's perspectives. Because yeah. you can see how they interact with the, with the waiter or with the people in the museum, but they're not going to give you perspective. Right. And that's the thing, is like who, who, and how, you know, and again, you know, the community, norms whatever that those are and we should be respectful to them is are there select people in your life who can meet this person 
and have a meaningful enough interaction, not just a, you know, but, you know, like a real, a meaningful interaction to give you some feedback, you know, um, and not people who especially are Especially if you're concerned, especially, right? especially if you're, if you're concerned. absolutely, if you're especially concerned. And, and I'm not into, um, I have one colleague always talks about, you don't need a committee. You don't want like 15 people, but can you find those two or three people who, who are not going to be so pushing you to get engaged or pushing you not to get engaged who really are like, okay, like, let me also be present and see what you're talking about and see if it's something that, you know, that um, it is a concern or isn't a concern. And, but again, it, if someone else tells you it isn't a concern and you still think it's a concern, you're the one at the end of the day who's going to have to close the door and be with that person. So you're going to have to trust your gut. Um, you know, it, you know, it has to be your process because whatever everybody else says to you, you're still you're still the adult here who has to live with that decision um and day so, by day in day, day, out. day in day out you know and so. i mean hopefully we'll all work but out and hope they with all their hopefully, rise, yeah, yeah absolutely but, but, but spend you know more that. time there your right. gut was in the yeah, in the yeah. situation right and sometimes maybe what i've seen sometimes people at the first time they express it they weren't able to express it fully so what mm. they said may sound like it's not a big deal but it still doesn't resonate but the not a big deal doesn't resonate until when they explain when they really delve into it a little bit more they can see that they weren't really expressing themselves and that's why it didn't sound like it was a big right, deal right right and and that's where we don't want to fill in um we don't want to fill in the story you need to get the story you know if someone's saying this doesn't feel good it doesn't make sense then figure out the details because details do matter um right? It really does come down to that. So like, don't, don't let yourself create some sort of excuse. Like you want to really figure out what that is um, and then make some decisions from real information and from real feeling, um, from real feeling. I know that you said that you get phone calls from people during dating also. It's not only yes. after marriage. Oh yeah. And we love those phone calls. <laughs> you know, we go into a lot of high schools, um, both boys and girls schools. Um, and I call them boys and girls because they are teens. Um, and, you know, to talk about um, components of dating and healthy relationships. And then, you know, two, three, five, six, seven years later, they'll call our hotline saying, listen, I remember this lady came in and talked about this and this isn't sitting right. And then having conversation, even anonymous confidential conversation, it's not therapy, but at least someone who's not really in it to, to just reflect back what you're saying and 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 to, to be your mirror because sometimes we can't even do we, we can't do it for ourselves right we're really we're emotional we're in it we want to be emotional we want to be in it we want to be excited right we want those feelings but if something isn't feeling right to make that phone call to someone to Sean task force to you know to where where you're comfortable calling you to say this is what's going on and have someone reflect it back to you um to to, to recognize what's going on um and yes and 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 hopefully we do. We everybody does find someone to have a long, productive, meaningful, and safe relationship for those fifty and seventy years. That's what we we all want for people. Um, right. And I think that it is important to actually to speak with somebody. Like I know it's a very private, you know, who, but just to hear yourself express how you're feeling, just in general, even if everything is moving smoothly, just it's a big decision to make for yourself. Yes. By yourself. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's always this very. Um, you know, hard balance. And I think it's true about marriage as well, about like respecting the sanctity of privacy of the dating and of marriage, but also making sure you have access to enough support. And it is a very hard balance. Um, and, and, but to be able to find that, you have to strike it because it is very lonely, even in very good marriages, um, if, you have, if you can't talk to anyone ever, um, you know, and that's, you know, you, you need to find people, you know, you know, I think Devorah and I are probably, probably on the same page where it probably want to be with someone who's trained, um, 
you know, but people who could help support you make good decisions and to move in the right direction and to give you a good, you know, healthy perspective. Um, someone asked who teens could call. We have teens call us and WhatsApp us all the time. Um, so if that's helpful, um, you know, and if we're not appropriate, we could help refer them to other agencies that, that may be more teen oriented, but we actually have youth call us all the time. Um, so mostly text. The kids like to text us. Uh, oh, that's why that's why you got WhatsApp, that's why you opened it. Yeah, they love texting WhatsApp, um, WhatsApping us. But yes, um, it is available to, to youth as well. Um, Let's go back to what we were saying yes, before yeah. that. For some people talking to their parents, they don't want to say it all, or the parents may right. be a little like right. well, we have found not too many, but we have found that some parents just want this over with over, over with. for their yes. kids yes. or for themselves. Yes. For whatever reason it's a really hard time it is hard it's stressful let's acknowledge it it's hard it's stressful it's you know you don't want to you don't you don't you know you want to be part of whatever that crisis people talk about is you know so um so you know there's, the idea is to get someone objective yes, not yes. Someone, someone so close because of like I said, sometimes the parents it's something that they had in their parents marriage that they can't say right. oh right. you know well, you know mom dad the dad did that so like they don't want to bring it up then they should really have somebody else to talk to. Yeah. And parents should welcome that their kids are talking to somebody else. Absolutely. Because because as much as it feels stressful to parents, parents want their children to be in healthy relationships. Uh, right? Like, they want them to get married, but even more they get married, they want them to get married to the right person and have a healthy and safe relationship. Um, and and so to find those people. And gratefully, our community does have, have resources um, to offer people. So... So, uh, uh, share the number. I am the worst. I wrote it down because I, I've worked here for years and I always forget it. 888-883-2323. So 888-883-2323. That is both our phone number, our text, and our WhatsApp line. Um, we close around 10 o'clock um, most nights, but you just look on our website for, our, you know, if we're not there, you'll find out when we are. But um, yeah, and you can always look on our website. There's lots of different resources available to people on the website. You can also do live chat through the website. So, like now. So, um, so. Yeah, we also have it on our Adayad website, yes. lots of resources and yeah. about dating and red flags. And we have actually the Envy Abuse. We did a lot yes, of work yes. on the Envy Abuse. So, there's some yes, videos yes. there. Uh, so, get a good sense of what's going on. If anyone has any questions about dating, you can reach out to us at Adayad's website, adayad.org. That's all A's, A-D-A-I-A-D.org. And Shana, we'll just give you a website one more time. Um, shamtaskforce.org, www.shamtaskforce.org. You'll have to reach any, any of us there as well. All right. So thank you if so anyone, much. Thank you. Thank My you pleasure. So much, Once again, thank you. Thank you.